This is the inaugural 2022 CapCast. We're both capping, or maybe it's going to be the end of the cap. Who's to decide but the audience? Why, why does cap mean lie? I gotta think about that for a second. Let's see. No I feel like it brings up to me the the hat man. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? It's like the Joe Biden hat man <laughs> meme. No. No. Fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. I think it's an okay schizo one, but it's like can Joe Biden save his presidency by introducing the hat man? <laughs> and it's like the hat man over his shoulder. Uh, or something like that. It's either true pater or it's gonna take a, a fat minute. Look at this. I got Oh a, here here we go. <laughs> it's can the hat man save Joe Biden's legacy, the New York Times. Got the hat man shaking hands. That's beautiful. Send that to me. That's a great one. Look what I got. I got a Zodiac pendant at the thrift shop yesterday. Jesus would hate that. Of Jesus course. Would, he would see that and he would be like, that's fucking heresy, man. The podcast for real could just be us um, responding to any negative criticism that we receive ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, still, got, I love I love that DM that's like occult warhawks or something. Uh, that should be that's gonna be the first piece of MIA merch dropped. Is <laughs> I am an occult warhawk. Well, do you remember the one one of the great ones? You know, maybe this is worth. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod or if we did. It was probably not even an episode that got released. But there was the person who was like, "I would rather some most women would rather kill themselves than fuck you." Do you remember this? We were at Rex's. I think I do. That was the person, like the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let me, let me probably it. like a- anime PFP. Yep. No, it wasn't. It, it was. It was a American children's show. It was that, like you know, there, there's like weebs, but then there's like people into American cartoons. The lowest of the caste system for. Uh, <laughs> media addiction is liking like mid I think the highest the like S tier is like totally spies you want your cartoons to be made by like a French pervert who's like trying to introduce fetishes to children as early as possible Um, the Chad mind control cartoon true that is a goaded as Blake the man would say it is a Woded, a goaded oh. media addiction. Oh, I don't know if I still. Okay, wait, wait. Oh, I don't know if I still have it. Oh man! All right. Well, either way, it's uh, it's fucked up. Significant hatred. Um, I translated a poem from French yesterday, and I thought I would share it with the pod because it is significant, and it's going to be in the next meme analysis book. All right. It is Ma Bohème, which actually, let's just talk about the title for a second. So what do you think of when you think of Bohemian? I was. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about 
uh, this like a day or two ago. I used to think of a place, like mm-hmm. of an actual place, Bohemia, which in my mind is Bohemia a place? Is it in Europe? Let me look, let me look. Yeah, it's a, a it's a, it's Czech. Yeah, that's right. I think when I first heard the word, I looked it up, and I've always pictured kind of like a colony of artists not working there, and they'll like lure people in like gypsies and be like really enchanting and and fun and like fleece them <laughs> this is like really i love gypsies this sounds really racist no your, your intuition <laughs> is completely right because like that is part of in one of the translations for bohemian is gypsy i um yeah no i think um i think of what we're trying to do with the the Airbnb colony and the uh, the goon bus in the next year and a half here, but that's what I think of. Then I also I guess think of Bohemian Grove to to mm. snub the the conspiracy core pill. We're now vehemently anti political. There was like a moment where we were we were flirting, we were tasting the elixirs of different parties. I can feel it now, right? Like every every influencer is getting bought out right now as they ramp up for 2024. I'll talk about this more later, but continue with the poem. So that the idea of like the gypsy child, the gypsy boy or girl is a very it's a very prominent romantic theme, um, which Rambo is evoking in this poem. This is like my my Bohemia, my Bohemian life. So, so on my way. Fists piercing my pockets. My jacket, too, was becoming ideal. Going down under the sky. Muse, I was yours. Oh, what splendid loves I dreamt. My only pants had a big hole. Starry-eyed Tom Thumb, feeling my journey of poems. My tavern was the great bear. My sweet stars sang, and I listened on the side of the road. Those fine September evenings when rain fell like lively wine. I rhymed amidst shadows fantastic, and played like a leer, my worn shoes elastic, my foot near my heart. <clears throat> so, go on. When you uh, translate, do you go like word by word with a like French-English dictionary, or how are you doing it? So I still have like a basic a basic reading of, I can still basically read French. Um, but I use, I use other translations to see like what they are getting out of the poem because, you know, direct translation is not always possible. Um, and shouldn't be, I think, you know, I'm using like Ezra pound translation in itself is like an art form. And part of it is kind of like fucking the poem. Um, to make a poem in your language. Like it is the work of a poet, not a translator. Um, but I use, so like there was one, there was, I'll find, I'll find the word that I found really significant. So it's like, uh, let me find it. So let's get it. It is. Je. Jegrenet, which is used in a lot of very weird ways in the other translations. It's like, oh, I was sewing. I was, um, 
it was moving. I use, um, what do I use? I used feeling, feeling, um, because it's often that word contextually is often used with rosary. It's used with um, the feeling of the rosary, like meditation on rosary. So it's like feeling out the journey. He's like moving along the road like one moves along the rosary. I uh, feel like the the art of translation, it makes me think of um, that Brian Eno, Rick Rubin podcast where they were talking about um, covers like completely changing a song but it becomes its own i forgot how they were saying it exactly but the idea i took away from it was like you basically create this whole new medium on youtube for people to cover songs and they'll just completely like misread what the artist was going for but they'll end up making something that fits inside of their own universe and narrative and like the cover itself becomes art i would imagine in translating this, you're basically like collapsing it. It's kind of like a parallel homage, but it's also bringing it into your philosophy and universe. Totally. And I think that is going to be one of the works that I focus on. I think translation is exalted, um, especially of like texts that are significant, like um, uh, the I Ching or the Tao Te Ching, but obviously got to get a better grasp of Chinese before that. But Pound could not read Chinese and still translated it, which is which is basado. Um, but I feel like um, it's also like honestly the best way to undercut any like sued is like I know which translation you read and they fucked up these words. This is why you think this way. Just like stunt on all of the the plethora of uh, Discordian fucking like massive brain people and it's like oh you're reading that translation i have my own Mm -hmm. totally um one of the lines in this though i think is one of the great secrets to tom thumb which i'm willing i'm willing to share because the the book you know i'm almost i'm almost honestly if i really really tried i could get the book out this month i don't think that's going to happen i think it but i do think it's going to come out in virgo um and so he talks about um, his tavern. He's a starry-eyed Tom Thumb, and his tavern is at the sign of the Great Bear. He's at the Great Bear, which is Ursa Major, which is the Big Dipper. And do you know what the Big Dipper's relation to the Zodiac is? I don't. Maybe Taurus the guesstimate. On the contrary, my friend, it is... In fact, this, it's the very center of the Zodiac. It is the axis upon which the Zodiac spins. So when Tom Thumb goes for a rest, he is going to the center because his journey, like a rosary, is along the Zodiac. And this is the swallow cycle. Tom Thumb is the aeonic child, not just of this aeon, but of all aeons. And so when he's swallowed by a fish, when he is swallowed by a cow, when he is swallowed by um, a bird, you know, these are all zodiacal animals. And 
he is going through the swallow cycle, the zodiacal swallow cycle. He is that irreducible human vibe that is being transformed and changed and uh, eternally transforming through this cycle. What does he get swallowed by in the age of Aquarius? And that, that is one of the great questions that I had, because I was, I was wondering about this, but it's actually in the story perfectly. So you have, um, in fact, many would say that this is the most famous Tom Thumb story, the most famous Tom Thumb part of the Swallow Cycle, is that he falls into a pudding. <clears throat> he is baked into a pudding. So he's in a, a bowl, he's in a container, and Aquarius is the water bearer. And one of the great, and you know, I mean, I, I associate Harpocrates with uh, Tom Thumb, and one of the great Harpocrates motifs is Harpocrates with a jar, just like Aquarius, but instead of like just carrying it, he's eaten out of it. And that is the origin of the, shh, he's actually licking his fingers. What do you visualize the jar as i feel like uh as as we're saying this right now a fly fell out of the sky onto my computer um as if caught in the web but uh what do you view the the jar of this aeon as that's a great question because i think the jar is separate from the water that flows out of it um like in the star card, there are two vessels, there's two jars. And I think one is pouring out and one is picking up. So, I mean, I think both, you know, in, if I were a true Jungian, I would say that they are, you know, the introverted and the extroverted aspects of man. And you know, that's Jung's vision is like Aquarius is the great unification of opposites. Um, so, I mean, in short, I guess it's kind of, in a lot of ways, it's like the mouth, the ass, you know, the, the orifices of man, the grail. How does that translate, I guess, into, I, I feel like in the Piscean Aeon, it's really clear to see sort of like old gods and all of Abrahamic religion as the dominant sort of thing Tom Thumb is traversing through repeatedly. How do you see the, <laughs> I am thinking like capitalism, like um, the anal oral, just like fucking interactions. I, I know um, I always cite this book, but there's like a really deranged passage in it. It's my favorite fiction book, the Victor Pelevin one. I think I made you read it one time, but it's, I want to say he like uses a Ouija board to get, I think it's like Fidel Castro to write his like grand treatise on um, capital. And it's this like really deranged vision of just like a hierarchy of people on like a fishing rod or a fishing line, just um, basically like eating whatever's coming at them and shitting it out for the next person on the, the fishing line. But what is the Abrahamic religion of now? How does that translate with? It's interesting. You the fishing line. Cause that is the Piscean form of it. Yeah. 
because Christ is the fisherman catching um, fish, uh, which are both <clears throat> the people of the time, but Tom Thumb is within them. Tom Thumb is in the fish and is Christ. Um, but in Aquarius, I think Tom Thumb is kind of like a, and in general, he's this, he's a stowaway. So like the ship that makes it the rocket ship that goes to Mars, Tom Thumb will be stowed away. Like, Oh, what's, what's glorious tricks I can play in another planet. Like Tom Thumb without gravity. Can you imagine? Um, you know, Tom Thumb is going to be present at these great events, um, <clears throat> going out and going in. Like, you know, an ill-dignified form is like the machine elf that people experience when they go within on drugs, on DMT. They meet little men. <coughs> I'm thinking about um, the the MIA meme. What is an internet UFO? I can't even tell if like we've not we've recorded so many episodes that haven't come out. I don't even know if half of these things we're talking about have been mentioned or. In That's all right. We just we just treat it as as if it has been. Make people go re-listen to the old episodes obsessively. Like where do they <laughs> cross reference? Nothing. Um, I'm thinking about uh the two the two grand frontiers um the brain and space this is like any any science sciencey major is going to tell you this and um you get kind of like an as above so below type of jars in which the tom of now is playing he'd be taking fat dmt trips ayahuasca it's like it's insane how like normalized ayahuasca is now like all of the millennial kind of workforce you know, very hip and cool people are like, oh, my boss told me I should go take ayahuasca in Venezuela if I want to get a promotion. Um, it's like amazing how normalized that is. But that's like one half. Then the other is going to be like me with Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk in the rocket ship. Like, ah, whoa, <laughs> I'm, I can definitely leave the planet. I'm not just hovering over a disc. <laughs> Let me, I want to find you a quote that is like, um, very, very significant that I think is like going, this is going to be a dominant theme in, um, <clears throat> in the near future over drug usage. It's from Max Stirner, who honestly kind of fell off. He was a big meme when I was growing up. Yeah, I remember seeing that little drawing of him and all the uh, theorygram, politogram, Wojak. Uh, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to be able to find it right now, but I will give the basic. It's like... Um, Idealism spent decades searching the Godhead and found nothing. <coughs> and he's like, you know, what now? And I think that is the problem is like, and that's another, this is another thing. It's like, I think a lot of the, you know, one of the quotes that I do like, and I think this is true is like, 
you know, when you, when you get the message, hang up the phone. The problem though, is that, um, you know, you need the right equipment to be able to receive the message and you kind of just have people stuck ask, what's the frequency? What's the frequency? What's the frequency? And they can't get it. And so they end up, you know, insane and beating NBC reporters to near death. <laughs> that conjures the candy man is, uh, the candy man, an aeonic archetype. Yes. He's like a joy. He's like, Oh, a joyous. He's kind of like silly. Like I think, Sam is now in possibly his best arc. I think it's the best arc possible. But the boxing kind of kind of not not good for real. It was How very so? it was very amateur. Oh, his boxing. Yeah, it was kind of I mean, not not I mean, I, he's 37, which is understandable, but what I'm gonna say, I think meme analysis is going to influence your box. I know we, we talked about that at one point, that your uh, your physiognomy is that of an old-timey boxer. It would, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is going to get released with video, but we can see each other right now. It's going to look like this. We're going to do, and it's, it'll be great. Um, Tessa, Tessa has said, like, you need the your chart indicates that you need um, combat you need sports to box specifically. Did you watch the fight, or did you just see the punches? I watched, that... I watched the fight. That was why I. That's why the. That's why kind of why the clips are stupid. It's like this is not what the fight was like at all. Oh, now I'm kind of curious. I know. Um, fuck, I had some thought. Just the boxing as a whole to me is like makes a lot of sense as a progression for ways to monetize that whole world. And if you look at the usual suspects who are doing it, um, props to fucking Keemstar. That guy's going to make so much fucking money. I swear to God, he's he's like the closest we have to um, the fucking um, Citizen Kane um, of our time. He's like backroomsing him in like phase, phase banks or whatever. Fuck, I had some thought with the Candyman though. Oh, did you see the, the quote? It's like someone asks him at the end, they're like, um, are we in the best timeline? He's like, we might be. <laughs> right. Fuck, I'm going British. Did, did you see the great one where it's like, um, it's like, Hassan Piker, I'm coming yeah. to kill you. <laughs> Wonderful. And they're like, in the ring, right? Oh, I really man. think that, I really do think this is Sam's exalted form. Who should I box? Big Joel, I'll have to drop weight. I'll have to like lose more weight to be in the weight class. I think you gotta. I mean, I guess that is is punching up. I don't. I don't even fucking know. Punching Who, up. You think Big Joel? <laughs> in terms of like, he's got he's like Twitter clouded, right? He's got like a. Let me let me look at his his so stats. We have to be in the same, not just weight class, but clout class. No, no, it's good to punch up. Yeah, he's got 560k on YouTube. Um, I'm trying to think though. Like, I feel like you want to take like a uh, several echelon, several exponential leaps up. With Big Joel, 
I feel like it's not too hard to predict the outcome. <laughs> we'll think <laughs> Jonathan Pedro. No, I would never. I would. He's an old man. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Old. I gotta. They gotta be young. And I think I'm gonna put you back in a coma. <laughs> that's the other thing. I don't want to debate anybody. I want to box them. I think you you cha- you get someone to challenge you to a debate. Mm-hmm. You become kind of like uh, maybe destiny. Destiny could be good. He's been a uh, man. Okay, this is a good transition into the world of uh, e stardom. I am like my every antenna has been on high alert over the past week. I have been seeing so many signs of people getting bought out and gradual pieces being moved, little campaigns beginning, ready to mobilize groups. Like, the midterms are one thing, but the real show is on the way. It's very alarming, because I didn't... In 2020, there was too much... They, like, spent a lot of magic power on COVID and some of the psyops, but we actually have a bit more of, like, a a playful, kind of all-over-the-place, lots of parties vying for mimetic power right now next two years declaring it it's about to get wild sneeko he's he's like a chaos agent he's that's that's a name that's gonna pop up in a lot more prominence i've been watching him maneuver like destiny and nick fuentes be streaming together bunch of different assets intelligence assets of varying groups are like collabing it's not like 2016 where like a limited number of people got it. Like now too many people have it. It's about to get really crazy. So I think as a contrast to all of it, like a, a sword slicing through this nonsense vibe, mm-hmm. vibe materialism, vibing through politics, it's going to be the dominant answer we provide. I mean, can you imagine being a Tom Thumb and being like, whose mouth am I going to get into? Instead of like, what a wondrous journey am I going to go on? I, I think it needs to be uh, articulated that some of these people are trying to eat you. I think, you know, that is, and I think we're getting close to it. I think the um, the filters of the monsters. I, no one, that, that was like the most low engagement. It took me like 30 minutes to make that, but... That as a, you know, maybe it'll get released in tandem with this episode for people who are listening. They can understand the significance, but that's like the art of the Minotaur. Minotaur, how the fuck am I saying this wrong? Minotaur posting. Um, but you have in the wake of Andrew Tate and like the assorted crew, like ten or so of these, like very very overt. It's like fucking. It's straight out of 2016 in the sense that it's just like. You suck. You play video games. You need to do what I'm saying and listen to me. Um, but you get like the little glitches, the horns, the flames. I think the only the only problem is like I think a lot of the people would mostly focus on spider, which is kind of not like that one's so obvious. Um, like you don't need to call out a porn star because they tell you what they are. Um, it's just like, I think a lot of the guys don't realize how 
men are honestly fucking them over far harder than women. Um, like this is, this has been one of the great realizations of this year as, as, as I have expanded past my own, like, um, I guess consolidated life, like in my own consolidated life, I was able to see like, well, this is what's true for me. Like, this is the life that I live, but seeing so many other people and, you know, just expanding life. It's like literally everything online is bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. And it's all sold to you by people who shouldn't, you should never listen to. And if you met them in real life, you would not listen to like, these are the least charismatic, the least interesting, the least able people like you, you are listening to people who are fail, like children who are online. The only older people, the only people who are like really intentionally using the internet as a way to share, like a lot of negative stuff are people who fucked up. Like you're not getting interesting, good people using it as much. There's just not as many people, because most of the people who are like able are doing, you know, shit in real life. It's, it's just so bizarre. And it's bizarre to meet people who are like, um, they live normal, good lives. And then online, if they peek their head out, if they're somebody who like makes stuff, they're like viciously attacked, you know, it's often the most able people who are despised, obviously. Makes me think about um, just this past year, like meeting artists and stuff who will get attacked online for perceivably no reason other than just getting near some of the concentrated pockets of uh, the garbage patch kids we were talking about the internet, the the commenters. It's interesting also to meet a lot of um, people who are negative detractors in DMs or people who do DM a lot. I feel like uh, a lot of what the uh, the meme analysis fandom has attracted is very fascinating. As as I have uh, traversed a handful of different like intense fandoms, um, there's definitely a lot of intellect, but oftentimes it's like extremely ill dignified or like contorted and pointed inward. And um, this is like very vague, and I'm sure I'm gonna like fucking piss someone <laughs> off with this, but um, it's true and. Uh, a lot of uh, that's the other thing I've I've noticed is just age. There's like so many of these um, the people who can spend the most time online and aren't like thrust out into the world are extremely young people. So there's just like really juvenile tendencies in terms of like trying to understand why people do things. Uh, but and it's and it's the worst possible place to do it. Like there's a reason why I treat it as psychoanalysis, not like kind of a legitimate, um, I'm not exploring it like a safari, you know, I'm exploring it like, um, like a hat with a hazmat suit. Um, because it's a sewer. It's like, you know, the, the unconscious is a sewer. Um, and the internet is a sewer and it's like, one should not be too comfortable there. Lest you think, become uh, wretched mole people. I'm thinking about my own um, 
interactions with it. I, I feel like I have my own Tom Thumbian way of maneuvering in and out of it. But the uh, polarities need, there needs to be balance. That Libra moon need to be balanced. I have to like live the most peaceful life outside of the shit I post. And, uh, you know, meditate, run, lay out in the sun. And uh, then as one goes in, it's like jumping. It's like a American Ninja. You have to like constantly be moving and jumping from surfaces. You, you trip and you're picking up all of this shit on your... Uh, it is predominantly up in the head, though, which is one thing. But it naturally affects everywhere else in the body as a consequence. The MIA TikTok is back, though. We had a couple long calls with a few different um, agencies. And after some bargaining, after selling out a lot of uh, Discord personal data and um, varying interviews we did with MIA goons. All the, the personality tests. The personality yeah, tests. <laughs> we, like, we sold... <laughs> we we did IP matching with all of that and gave out probably 90% of you, but we got the TikTok back. And I, I will say there's some interesting stuff to come with that project. One of the things is actually going to involve a new room in the Discord and some Blair on Discord action. It's going to be a private room. You'll be invited personally by me. It's going to be sort of a, uh, a dragnet across varying hot spots in the memosphere. We're going to be picking things out and redirecting them in different currents and flows. Um, what else is new? What else is... Oh, I cleaned... So, the past year we were voyaging across the United States in a grand cyclical swallow cycle uh, to Los Angeles, to the, the heart of darkness. And I cleaned out the car today took me a while, but I found this, which I think would be fun to, uh, to look at How is it the uh, script? as a, the script of the first ritual in LA, the first mm. day, pretty much we were there. Um, I don't know if it's worth reading the whole thing, but I do think kind of looking at this as a retrospective because it did elicit a lot of, um, ill will on the internet seeing meme analysis irl doing things having fun are there any highlights in the script yeah i'll, I'll read a couple we got 755 john ring gong so there was a gong there um then we have seven planets or six planets and lydia we got ave ad capra am i saying that right mm -hmm. the chant we got, uh, this is very astrology-pilled. We got, when a soul is coming to Earth, it falls through space, journeying through the planets, being restrained and colored by their aspects. We have Ave Luna, Ave Mercury, the varying uh, planets. What else is in here? Got some candles being lit. We have the genius of Lydia and uh, a cake communion. We ate cake. Now let's talk it's about amazing how much that like colored the entire next seven months though. Totally. And it, what a good, what a good way to start it. Um, let's talk about genius. Um, it's a word deeply maligned now with 
with um, idiotic scientism rather than the romantic vision that it initially was. Genius is a Roman, a Roman concept. It's the same as the Greek daemon, and it is this. It has the same origin as genie. These are like the personal spirits that attach themselves to the person. Um, in my fairy book, one of my favorites, the the Sheridan one. No, it's not Sheridan. It's oh, who the hell is it? It's it's like the world guide to to elves, dwarves, and little people. But talks about you know all of these cultures have the stories about like great people when great people are born their guardian angel their genie their genius their norn their daemon actually comes to visit they come at the they attend the birth their birth attendants like the wise men with christ like when a great even if they're not like you know a famous child you know they're known by the spirits and the spirits come for it and and they'll give gifts they'll give gifts to the baby and like in one, one really interesting case is Ogier the Dane who Morgan Le Fay comes to the birth of and is like I like this one and is like I'm gonna fuck this guy when he's old <laughs> who are modern geniuses I, I, it's rather who has a genius, like who and they're uh, like of the spirits with them. Yeah, it's like who has a great spirit with them. Um, Do you think they switch also? Like, can you gain the favor of one by like basically living a life akin to theirs, or is it just immediate? No, upon? It's, des- it's destined. They are fate. Like the Norns are the three, the three that like spin the web that spin the uh, the yarn of life, and but there are many of them, and the many are for each person. Like how many? Or is it uh, as planets? many as many as there are like people? People who have lived. Yeah, there's been a Norn for each. There's been a genius, a spirit. But could one person have like 50? No, there's just a great, it's like, it's a question of a great spirit. Like Socrates, Mm. like they say like Socrates has a great daemon. And he says, you know, I don't say any of this. It's all my daemon. And this is the very work of Thelema. Thelema is literally about like gaining conversation with your daemon. With your genius. What about reincarnation? Same daemon, different daemon, friends? That's a great question. I really would not be able to say, but I get the idea that the daemon is more along the lines of what is what is guiding reincarnation. Like, that is you, you know? Some, In fact, some people theorize like the genius is literally you it is like the ultimate form of you so when it's like oh do this it it already knows because it's already lived your life or it's lived 
your life so many previous times that it knows like now you can do this and that. What about um like actual entities outside of um you know like real um angels and demons and uh entities beyond mortals. I think they are generally friends or in the court of these larger spirits. Like, you know, I was reading, um, or not reading, I saw a short video of a bishop saying that Napoleon is literally the sun. Napoleon did not exist and was a myth. Like, it, Apollo, ne, uh, Napoleon, Neo-Apollo, um, he's the new sun. And he's right, spiritually, you know? He is, he is spot on. Napoleon is the most exalted Leo. What, uh, <laughs> what sign and or uh, planet do you think the only fan is Aquarius. I'm trying to remember what what rules Aquarius isn't it like some fucking weird planet and or yeah back uh, in, back in the back in the old days it was Saturn now it is Uranus. Curious people people will be like oh he's a sued he doesn't say Uranus no because Uranus is funny it's funnier. I do my own, um, fucking, uh, what's the, what are those, like, phonetic spellings? I do my own phonetic translations of words to make them more funny. Average Egyptian behavior. I saw a meme going around I was looking into yesterday about, like, pyramids in Russia and uh, them dating back is like the Hyperborean pyramids dating back to like 12,000 to 40,000 years. And I was like looking into it more. And I, I feel like if it was a grand archaeological discovery, like the screen cap of the article that could just be photoshopped, I feel like Randall Carlson or those types of dudes would be talking about it. Because I know they just, one of them just went on Rogan and definitely didn't say anything about it, so... That shit's real. Uh, why? Why is the first thing they find with those fucking pyramids like astrological? Uh, uh, fuck, I'm like alignment. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like um, I want to say sculptures, but no, it's like the architecture is like molded to like like Stonehenge is basically just a way to look at the fucking uh. The twelve. Well, what I was I was um, reading about Babylonian astrology, and a lot think it's like one of the very first, like stellar religions, like a religion focused on the stars. On, I think they call it like Theo astronomy or something, but it's the you know Babylonian astrology is like the beginning of. Um, aligning gods and planets and, you know, beings and stars and, oh, it's astrotheology, I think. Um, 
so it's also it's amazing how you know totally separate up until alexander the babylonians and the greeks identified the exact same flows from the planets um like the gods that align with the planets for the babylonians are nearly you know identical or sympathetic gods it's crazy Yeah, I think we had had this conversation. Um, I was also saying, I think, like, I, I'd always thought Vedic astrology was, like, radically different. But go fucking watch the Indian matchmaker show, and they're literally just fucking talking about the exact same planets, exact same chart, um, like, vaguely different fucking names for things. But, you know, we're, we're fixed with the same like six major planets unfortunately there's not much uh you know wiggle room in terms of those uh interpretations but jesus would have hated this conversation so we need to cease well that's one of the things like there there is definitely some astrology hatred in the bible specifically of chaldeans or like um, those are, and those are Babylonians. Those are like Babylonian astrologers. Um, they fuck up a lot. Like I think one of the great ones is like um, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and all the Chaldeans fail to analyze it. Well, not only okay. Now this is this is like some crazy. This is what it was like to be king. The king is like, oh, I've had I've had a horrible dream. First, you must guess what the dream is, and then analyze it. So they have to know what the dream is without knowing, and then analyze that dream. And Daniel only gets it because Gabriel comes, but he's like, I am going to kill every magician if they can't do this. I, uh, <laughs> this is, this is my, my aeonic reading of, uh, of Jesus, but you pretty much got, I remember reading a book like five or six years ago. It was like a Wiccan, um, like big fucking textbook pretty much. And it was like, had this like hundred page free text of like the story of how magic has been passed down for the past, you know, ever since there's been humans. And they talk a lot about Christianity and like the persecution of particular types of magic and like consolidation, uh, within, the church of ways to use a very particular type of magic. And I view it as like, um, the only fan is going to come and is going to like point at the, the Jordan Peterson's, the, um, the Sneakos, the varying, uh, guiding intellectual forces of our generation and just like vaporize them in the head or just immediately like with, with one word, just be like vibe. And they're just going to like contort and like, um, I, 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 that's the kind of like counter reading of the wicked textbook is like, there were a lot of magicians at the time when Jesus was on his come up and he was starting his, his tour with his first album who were just like exploiting, uh, bad readings of things. It's like all, all the sophists that, um, the Luzian Thimbo is battling and well, Christ, right Christ was a magician <laughs> yeah. and in much of the early depictions, he uses a magic wand. He was the best one of like, the time. The other, like the other, 
significant magician in the Bible is Simon Magus. Do you know about Simon? Is that like that name? That's not one of the apostles, is it? Well, that's is there an apostle this is exactly Simon? this is exactly the th- he's all mo- he wants to be an apostle. What did he do wrong? He offered to pay. He was like, "Can I just pay you and become an apostle?" Damn. And that's why one of the sins, one of the great sins is called simony, which is like paying for spiritual stuff, which is what the Catholic Church ends up engaging in. Um, yeah, no, with indulgences. Indulgences are simony. And Simon may just, they're like, fuck you. And then he's like, well, whatever, I'll just be Jesus. And he tries to fly and falls to his death. It sounds like... um. It sounds like he was like a mercurial figure, but he, in his like seven sins, there's like one of, of greed or like charity versus um being like, oh, let me buy that. I got, he's, he's like Andrew Tate, I think. He's like the Andrew Tate of our time. Which is like exactly kind of the point in, in um the grail myth and in, um, Twin Peaks, it's like you must have an absolutely perfect soul. An absolutely... Like Wyndham? An an absolutely pure heart to traverse this realm. Because, you know, if there's even the slightest problem, you'll be... It it will destroy you entirely. This actually... It makes me think of the judge. um, Like, seeing the the error in his heart but also um i was listening to a fucking amazing midnight broadcast has been cranking out some amazing um green text like creepy pastas it's my favorite uh green text creepy pasta channel and they had a really good one about um it's like fucking ah oh god i'm gonna get it wrong it's like somewhere in mexico let me find this you look like you want to say something though, so fill in the blank while I find this. All right, I want. I have a story I want to read. Is um, this the one that you uh, you were yeah. telling me, Sam? One? Yeah, yeah, one of the greatest. Go ahead while I search for this. All right. So basically, these kids are. It's it's in the Isle of Wight, which is a famous fairyland, and this is a true story. The kids are. It's a boy and a girl. Uh, running around, enjoying nature, and then there is a horrible mechanical wailing, like a siren. And for some reason, they go toward it. And as they go toward it, it stops, but they end up um, seeing a strange figure. I will read it. As they were crossing a wooden footbridge over a narrow brook, a blue-gloved hand appeared from under the bridge, and a strange figure emerged. The figure fumbled with a book, dropped it in the water, then splashed about to retrieve it. The two then watched the figure enter a metallic hut, similar to those used on building sites, except that it had no windows. 
It moved along with a strange hopping motion with knees raised high. The children wandered off and were over 50 yards away when the figure, which from now on will be referred to as he, reappeared carrying a black-knobbed microphone with a white flex attached. The wailing noise immediately returned, this time being so loud that the boy was scared and began to run away. The noise ceased and he spoke into the microphone, and although so far off the children could hear his voice as clearly as though he were right near them. Hello? Are you still there? he asked. And in response to what sounded a friendly tone, they ventured close enough to speak to the oddly attired person. He was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck, for his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow pointed hat, which interlocked with the red collar of a green tunic. A round black knob was affixed to the top of his hat, and wooden antenna were attached either side. The face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his white trousers. His first communication was in writing. He wrote in a notebook in a large hand, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. The boy was hesitant, but Faye read each word as it, as it was pointed to. This was necessary as the words were not laid out in conventional sequence. The children ventured closer and discovered that the creature could talk without the aid of a microphone, though his lips did not move and speech was unclear, rather like that of a person who does not open his mouth properly. He asked the children about themselves, so they ventured to ask about his clothes, which were all ripped, and he told them he only had one set, so he could only wear those. Because of his strange white features, they asked if he was really a man. The answer was a chuckled, no. They also asked if he was a ghost. The vague reply was, well, not really, but I am in a sort of odd way. What are you then? They continued. You know. With no further explanation. He also said he had no name and that there were others like him. But that response is so immensely powerful to me. Like, that is the honesty of the spirits. You find the signal and you turn it off. Um, I found the, the other thing as well, which is uh, Juarez, Mexico. It was like a, a series of stories in Juarez, but like the protagonist is like repeatedly procla proclaiming, like, I know the devil lives here. It's like talking about in a number of different anecdotes encountering kind of like pure evil there. And I know it connects. I don't know if I've ever said this in the pod. I definitely have in some episode, but where is the judge today? Where are these, these living archetypes? And, you know, we spitball ideas about um, it, but generally speaking, like even fucking what, a hundred miles south of, the U.S., not even 100 miles, like immediately down by the border, even places in the U.S., like there are tons of settings in which the judge could do whatever the fuck he wants. It's funny, you know, that's where Tom Thumb is, according to Bob Dylan. It's Mexico. The, it's the opening line of 
just like Tom Thumb's blues, when you're lost in the rain in Juarez, and it's Easter time too. I think we got a... The goon bus is definitely going to go to Juarez. We're going to like lose half of the goons who aren't going to have passports. It's like, you got to stay here. I'm sorry. Um, we're going to send you to Mexico City to live with a um, very uh, prolific producer who will enlist you into his services. I think... Um, what else? What else has fucking happened? Um, let's, let's talk about Sam. Let's talk about... Let's talk about all colors, Sam. He's also all colors. He's the motley fool. Is the idea that he's either a clown or an alien? He's both, I think. I mean, no, but I think that's the thing. Is like, that's what I don't like about aliens, honestly. They be lying. They be lying like hell. You're like, oh, where, you know, what are you? And they're like, oh, we're, we're interdimensional space brothers we come from another planet it's not true they're they're fucking on earth they're they're just they're spirits and they're lying whereas you ask the the brilliant the chad all color sam what are you and he says you know it's true we do know this is why there's a ufo cult cryptids are not met with a cult in general there are there are like cryptid cult in fandom, I'd say, but the cryptid is honest and real. The alien is like actively an aeonic liar. They're per- perpetuating aeonic fictions upon the world. Just like those fish headed gods in Babylon. They're like, oh no, don't, you're so, you're so mature for your age. You should write these things down. Um, it's totally, man. Just give it a few hundred years. Oh, you're going to be so enlightened. Wow. How, how do the timings sync up with the fish gods in Babylon? Because I feel like it wouldn't have gone around a full like 24,000 years to be no, in another it, Pisces. The, no, no, no. It's, it's, it goes reverse. The Babylonian, they're in Aries. The fish-headed gods appear in Aries. To like forewarn? Yes. Okay. Just like in Pisces, we have UFOs warning of the coming of Aquarius. What's what's after Aquarius? What's um? We're gonna have goat goat gods, goaded gods. Blake the man. Um, I guess is is the thesis just um. People don't want to acknowledge that it's just the fae. Yeah. It's like literally grooming. It's literal groomer beings like, oh, man, you've got to open your heart and your mind. It's all going to be different. It's a peace and love and it's a new age. And then you get like Aleister Crowley, who's like, yeah, this is going to happen. But also this is always happening. And I know what this is. One of my favorite things is when um, people have a common enemy, but for like radically different reasons. I think Joe Rogan is is the new enemy of the MIA pod because he is a platforming alien groomer apologists. I re- it really is good. I really think this. I mean, that's my bet. My bet is that aliens are going to be a huge part of the future. 
And it's all going to be fucking bullshit. Do you think it'll hit the point where, like, it's just Bluebeam, all of it is fake, and but they'll regularly come and visit and give, like, oh, you need to get the new Pfizer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think that it will be, like, um, I, don't, I don't think it'll be Bluebeam. I think, honestly, the people at the top are not that smart. Like the alien, the aliens are going to be influencing them and are influencing them. Well, like the really interesting theory, this is, this is kind of banging. I kind of dig it. I don't know if it's true, but I, I dig it a lot. Steve Greer is like, there are real aliens and they are peace and love. There are fake aliens that the CIA makes and abducts people and abducts like every UN member constantly. And is like, oh, we're gonna go to war with you. You gotta be careful. We're really dangerous and scary. And so when the good aliens come, they're gonna be like, these guys are fucked up. We need to go to war. And the aliens are gonna be like, why? Why? Um, I like the idea that there's like entirely artificial CIA aliens and then real aliens that are like, what's going on here? Um, and that the CIA is actually at war with the good aliens because they want to avoid the Aeon. That makes me think that'd be such a fucking hilarious way to like fuck with your enemies is just kidnap them and pretend they're being abducted by aliens and be like, don't leave mean comments on meme analysis videos. You're going to be cursed. I mean, that is literally his theory is like they, they hire dwarves, they hire midgets and dress them as aliens. Uh, undoubtedly it has happened totally. but, <laughs> uh, I think it could be useful in um, expanding the meme analysis website to like really dig into the varying types of abductions like tie it all is I feel like um, what there's like grays there's the reptiles there's like five or six I mean there's the fucking um like the hyperborean ones the mantids i love them (laughs) there's probably my Uh, favorites the mantids let's talk about first question on a date (laughs) that is one of my first questions to any any anybody i'm getting close to is like have you had ufo experiences oh no i was gonna say which which is your favorite what's your favorite type this me for real um Let's talk about the the various types of aliens. So, uh, give me an alien. Like a a particular sighting or what do you mean? Like a type. And I'll give my... Are the greys the quintessential uh, of right now? I feel like that's the one they're they're shilling the hardest. I think the the grey is like evil as fuck. The grey is very much like... You know, I mean, that one is kind of established in my in my website. The, the gray is the future human. The gray is the human stripped of everything that vibes. What about the mantids? The mantids are just banging. I just love them. I just think they they look cool. Um, I like the idea that there are bugs everywhere and that they're super smart and that they care about us. Like, I think the mantid is kind of a an interesting because a lot of, I mean, they call it humanoid encounters. There's a lot of humanoids 
and mantids are just like you ain't that special mammals we bugs can do it too it's a hopeful message that's like the the fucking uh major theme of orson scott card's work Mm. And uh, Starship Troopers, it's like, you know, bugs are capable of immense power. What about, um, do you think it's fair to call, like, AI porn, like the the fantasy of super intelligent computers, is that a type of alien? Yeah, it's like a synthesis of alien spider. What about um, Hyperboreans or, like, the fucking... um, They've got a different name, but it's like the blonde the Nords. aliens. The, the Nords. Nords. Um, that one, I think, is generally... I don't know if I've talked about this in the pod. This is like... People are going to be like, oh my god, you're, you're PC. You're, you're, or you're, you're like an SJW. Like, I think the Nord is literally a product of colonialism. The Nord is actually like a racist concept. But it's like a product of the racial unconscious like those are some of the most popular in south america nords are seen constantly in south america and it's like a return of the repressed it's it's a reenactment of like the white man coming and conquering but i also think in some ways i suppose it's kind of hopeful where they're like they're good and they have gifts and stuff it's very weird and they're very active. Like it's not, it's not like, Oh, this happens every 10 years. It's like there, there's like an Island that Nords live on. Have you heard about It's like happiness Island or friendship <laughs> Island. And, I have not, no. and they're like, we're going to give you like millions of dollars. Bring us fruit. What about, um, oh, fuck. what about like Yakub? Is this like just an inversion of the same? Yes, I think it's, and it's, it's also like, and then, cause then you have the South Americans experiencing it as, um, colonialism. Then you have like Nazis experiencing it as like a hopeful fantasy where it's like, Oh, this is actually what we are. Like we are descendants of aliens. We're like a, a superior alien race. It's, it's, it's such a bizarre, such a bizarre part of the alien myth. It's and that is one of the things too. Is like aliens are like Nazis all the time. A lot of aliens are like there are superior races, and you need to do Nazi things all the time. It's constant. Aliens are evil as fuck, and that's one of, again one of the th- transhumanism, which I think we've talked about, is like an inevitability of the scientific worldview. Because there is no objective science, like the worst biases of the unconscious are going to be fortified and objectified. And, you know, it's true, which is why you have all of these like scientific racists, like, and the alien, the bad aliens are like, yeah, yeah, do it. It's very, it's a, it's, it's a distinctly Aquarian, I mean, it's a distinctly human flow, but it is definitely being given, I think, very bad, uh, affirmations by aliens what's the most autistic astrological sign aquarius yeah (laughs) um all right we got one a couple more alien types here we got the the reptiles 
I think reptiles are they're, they're, they're interesting to me. I think they are Jupiterian. I think because they are because I think of birds, you know, reptiles I associate strongly with birds. Um, so I feel like they are very much. So, you know, a lot of what makes the eagle of Jupiter great is that it soars, it flies, but it's, you know, it's talons look like reptiles, you know, they're, they're all scaly and weird. So if you, it's like just the talon of Jupiter, it's like just the part that kills. So it's the Jupiterian conspiracy reduced to its most base form of like the reptilian Illuminati. What about um, like Lovecraftian aliens? Like the, he's got like vegetable ones. I think that's the closest to the truth. Like I think those are more like um, Jung call, or I guess it's just a, a concept called like a cosmogram, where it's like an image that represents the cosmos. But this is like an like an unconscious gram. It's like an image of the unconscious. The unconscious looks like that more than anything else. It looks like Lovecraft. It's like incomprehensible, infinite eyes, infinite tendrils. It's just like, you know, this immense immensity. The otherworldly non-Euclidean nature of the podcast. <laughs> Decrepit crackling laughter bones chortling beneath there, there are actually the no there are no missing mia episodes we are just progressively like lovecraft lovecraftingly maddening them true oh, i like that uh, meme there's like a meme with lovecraft and uh zuckerberg that's like one of these people created a horrible otherworldly entity that feeds on the the love and laughter of um, all sentient beings than the other is hp lovecraft i think i think it's time to depart but all right much to come uh, i think freud was right and marx was right are gonna make a return along with a slew of other characters in the associated MIA universe. Stay tuned.